Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Uh, last week, I, I ended with a story of, uh, I got married October 23rd of this year, and uh, the next week, Cammy and I went to uh, Florida on our honeymoon, tried to get somewhere that was sunshine and green and water. And so we went up there and we stayed at this little all-inclusive resort. It was real nice. And I think it was probably the second day we were checking everything out. And she asked me, what do you want to do? Today? I said, let's go down there by that lake and just chill out and relax. She goes, okay, that sounds good. So I got my old swim trunks on and my, my tank top and Went down there by the lake, and I mean, it was beautiful down there. I mean, it was like a little sandy beach, and everything had one of those sunning chairs that makes you makes your back look like a waffle, and you know, it, it was it was awesome. So I laid down there to get me a Texas suntan, which kind of looks like grapefruit juice a little bit, or maybe cranberry juice. That's my way of getting a tan. But I laid down there, and man, I was just getting good and relaxed. Cammy had her little music playing on her phone just softly for us because there was other people around. And all of a sudden, something hit me in the leg, and it was like a grasshopper or something. And I kind of opened up my eyes. What in the world was that? Didn't think anything about it. Laid back down, tried to get all relaxed again. And uh, it's like the wind. The wind wasn't blowing, but it was like the wind was blowing because like a leaf hit me in the face. I'm like, what? No. So I'm looking around. I was like, what is that? She goes, what? I said, something keeps hitting me. She goes, nothing's hitting me. You know, she's just laying there. She don't even open up her eyes and look. A lion could have been attacking me. She's like, I don't see nothing. So I'm laying there, and I just get relaxed again, and an acorn hits me in the head. And I open up my eyes, and what do I see in the tree right above me? Some llama squirrel chimera hybrid with fangs is throwing stuff at me. At first, I thought it was, you know, like an accident or something. No, this thing started chittering at me, and it would shake the branch and make stuff fall on me. I mean, all I wanted to do was just hang out and relax. Ended up having to move. But every time I'd move, you know, there's trees everywhere. I'd lay down and I'd start to get relaxed. And then I'd be like, looking for that, you know, well, it, it, it like a sniper squirrel with acorns or something. This grenadier. And so anyway, never was able to relax. Got distracted by a dumb squirrel. Here's a funny story about a squirrel. At the ranch in Kainosa, we don't have squirrels because we don't have a main ingredient that they like called trees. Okay. So we went to Lincoln County, New Mexico one year. Me and my family did, and Griffin and Riley were there with us. And anyway, we're walking through there, saw where Billy the Kid had escaped from the jail and all of this stuff. And we're walking down the road, and Riley and Griffin are, oh, they're probably 20 yards ahead of us. And we're walking, and all of a sudden, both of them scream, and they just start tearing back towards us. And they're both yelling, wild animal, wild animal. Well, I thought it was a mountain lion or something, right? A javelin, a hog? I mean, I had no idea. I mean, these kids dealt with rattlesnakes and scorpions every day. I cannot imagine the vile beast that they have just encountered. And then I saw it, and it was a squirrel. They'd never seen one before. And then, wild animal. So every time I see a squirrel, I yell, wild animal. It just makes Riley so mad. Got distracted by a squirrel, but there's, you know what? It's so easy to get distracted. Especially in like this time of year when we're supposed to be, um, you know, worshiping God. It's the day we celebrate the birth of his son, even though that's not his birthday. All you legalistic, conspiracy Christian theorists, we know it's not Jesus' birthday, okay? 
But he hadn't sent us a copy of his birth certificate. It was destroyed with the temple, right? We don't really know exactly when it was. I'm sure some scholars can take some pretty good guesses. But we know it's not his real birthday. It's the day we celebrate. Like, I have two adopted kids. We don't know when they were born. So they pick a day. The day that they're dropped off at the orphanage is then their birthday. So we don't even celebrate my kids' birthdays, my two adopted sons. We don't even celebrate their birthday on the right day, right? So, you know, there's so many things that can distract us from what is important, but isn't that the way that we live our lives? So many distractions. We finally figure out what we want, and something tries to keep us from it. You know, and you know the feeling, like, yeah, man, this is what I'm going to do. And the minute you start trying to do something good, something joyful, something good, yeah, there's a distraction trying to peel us away from it. We look forward to a nice meal. This happened not too long ago. Look forward to a nice meal with some friends or maybe your husband or wife and the couple behind you sitting there being petty and arguing about everything. You know, well, there's only 14 pieces of ice in my cup, but you've got 15. You know, it just petty stuff that just distracts you from why you are there, tries to steal you. Your joy tries to rob you of your peace and happiness. You know, uh, I go work out every day at about 11. And sometimes I try to get there early so that I can get my three seconds on the, on the uh, treadmill. I'm up to three now. Been, I'm pretty salty up until two. I start getting asthma about three seconds. So I'm going to work up to 10 by next year. But I try to leave early so I can get some time on the treadmill, right? And then I get behind Doug Bennett and I'm late four hours to my workout, right? We, we know there's all sorts of distractions that are out there trying to rob us of everything. These distractions are aimed at keeping you from seeing, feeling, knowing, and experiencing God. And the Bible, believe it or not, I, I, I actually kind of was surprised at just how much the Bible has to say about these distractions that keep us from knowing God to the extent that we can. We're going to talk about one, two, three, four, I think it's five or six things, distractions that keep us from the important things in life. The first distraction that we'll talk about is the things of this world. And in 1 John 2.15, in the Simplified Cowboy Version, it says this. This is John talking. That's why it's in 1 John. The first John, not the second John. The first John. Don't love anything in the world or anything that comes from it. You have to choose between loving the world and what it has to offer or loving God and what he has to offer. And the thing that I about that verse is it says you have to choose and then it lists two things with an or in the middle, okay? With an or in the middle. That means that you're going to choose, even if you got the best intentions, you're going to choose one or the other, everything. And when I say a distraction, and I want to make this abundantly clear, when I say a distraction that keeps us from knowing God, that doesn't mean that these things are bad or inherently evil. They're not. I'm just saying they have a propensity to get in the way of what is important. Things like the internet, okay? Things like the internet, TV, social media, cell phones. You know, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but the I feel sorry for y'all young people today. You know, us old people talk about it all the time. We weren't raised with cell phones. We were raised with friends and dirt and, you know, sports and outdoors, not a screen. And I, you know, it, it can be a distraction. I'm not saying that there's in, anything inherently evil in and of itself, but these things can be a distraction. In the first service right before I, I went and 
to the little boy's room and a friend of mine was in there and he was on the phone and he hung up and he goes, I'm just going to turn this dumb thing off. He said, I don't want it. I don't even want it vibrating. And he turned it off so that there wouldn't be a distraction to him worshiping God today. I loved that. He didn't just silence it, man. He turned it off. And I wonder what our lives would be like if we just turned ours off too, you know, just turned ours off. Everything from the internet, TV, social media, cell phones, jobs, relationships, hobbies, and habits, all of these things can be and often are distractions to our spiritual walk with God. They get in the way. It distracts us from our true purpose. And you know what? We're not that much different than unbelievers, okay? We often end up not only adapting the ways of the world to the ways of the world, but literally chasing after them. And man, if you, if you want to point fingers at somebody that is the world's worst at this kind of stuff, you're looking at him, man, I'm squirrely. Man, I, I get distracted so easy. I, half the time, I just stand in my house, and Cammie goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I was coming to do something. Now I don't remember what it was. So I find something else to do. You know, I mean, I'm, just, I'm easily distracted. It's, it's my nature. But a lot of times, just like unbelievers, um, not only do, do we adapt to the ways of the world, but we end up chasing them. Fame and fortune and accolades and pedigrees and social influence and, and attention. I mean, none of us are immune to the distractions. And I mean, the devil is good at what he does, is he not? I mean, a lot of times we are so distractible. How many of y'all have ever prayed like this? Dear God, I just thank you. Did I take that meat out of the freezer? Oh, well. But God, I, I just, I love, I know I, let me go see if I took that out. Hang on, God. Right? We can't even pray without being distracted, right? You're not the only one. Things of this world get in the way of our spiritual relationships with God. Not only do things of the world get in the way, but our own desires, desires of the flesh get in the way as well. In James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, in the New Living Translation, James says this, temptation comes from our own desires. Temptation comes from within, not from without. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Isn't that crazy? It gives birth to death. You know, the desires of the flesh, man, we chase after that so much because we're going for that feeling, right? Everybody is going for that feeling. We want happiness at any cost. Man, we are just somebody. We are a group. We're people addicted to feeling. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad, man. We let feelings dictate everything. I mean, the self-help industry is, you know, like a $4 billion a year uh, thing that teaches you how to be happy all the time. You're not going to be happy all the time. I hate to bust your little soap bubble there, princess, but you're not going to be happy all the time. It's impossible, okay? Because it's a feeling, and feelings are fleeting. They're quick. They're short-lived. They bounce around. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Too many things affect it. You can't be happy all the time, but the desires of our flesh tell us that we want to feel good, we want to be happy, and we want everything to go our way all the time. And that's what we go after instead of the truth of God. We want happiness at any cost. You know, sometimes you're not going to be happy. I mean, it's just a fact of life. And, you know, I, I, I love them old timers, you know. 
that when they had a bad day, they're just like, ah, they stinks. Oh, well, we still got to fill the plow with a mule, right? What do you mean I have to load the dishwasher and push a button? Give me a break. I used to be that guy. Now I'm that man. <laughs> Not really. We, we want happiness at any cost. We want excitement to mask the insecurity, right? We, we want to feel excited. We want to feel alive. And we focus way too much on our feelings. How do we feel the desires of our flesh? That is where they, the distractions come in. We want our souls to live forever. But we want our souls to live forever, but yet we dine on junk food and gossip, on hate instead of love. The desires of the flesh, man, they'll get you every time. They'll take you away from what you're supposed to do, who you're supposed to be, the things that God wants to accomplish through you. And he wants you to depend on him for all of that, not yourself. The desires of the flesh are a distraction, that constant need to feel alive and blah, blah, blah can be a distraction. Things of this world can be a distraction. You know what else can be a distraction? Our own thoughts. Our own thoughts. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, in the simplified cowboy version, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we smash every proud opinion that is contrary to the knowledge of God. In other words, uh, proud opinions are a distraction from knowing God. When we think we can do it, when we know the right answer, that our way is the right way. We smash every proud opinion that is contrary to the knowledge of God. And then it says this in the Simplified Cowboy Version. It says, we rope every thought and break it to lead by obeying Christ. We break it to lead by obeying Christ. You know, it's one thing to have a thought, and it's another to let it bite you, stomp you, kick you, and get all up in your personal space, right? We've all been there. And listen, I'm going to tell you how well I know you just because I know me. You ever been driving down the road and you have that thought and you go, what in the world was that? Doesn't it scare you? Sometimes like, why in the world would I even think that? That is like, I need therapy right now, right? We all have those fleeting thoughts. I mean, I'm not going to say that we can't control our thoughts, but you, you never know where that crud is coming from. But just because we have a thought doesn't mean we don't act on it. You know, I, I think of those negative thoughts. The reason I wrote that in the simplified cowboy version like that, we rope every thought and break it to lead by obeying Christ. Man, I've seen so, one of my pet peeves is to be leading a horse and it like be all up in your personal space and stuff and won't, won't get off of you. I, I can't stand that. And, and I want that horse to walk behind me. I don't want to have to be pulling on it. I don't want to have to be getting onto it. I just want it to follow me. And that's what our thoughts need to be made to do with Christ. I mean, when you have one of those crazy, dumb thoughts that you come out of left field and you're like, what in the world, you know? Man, you've got to recognize what that is right then and get a handle on it and go, you know what? I may not be able to control what I think of something just popping in there, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let it into the house, right? I'm not going to give it access to my kitchen table. I'm not going to let it live with me and get all up in my personal space. Our thoughts can be a distraction especially when we start dwelling on them. We got to learn to recognize the Holy Spirit's leading and focus on those thoughts. Because here's the deal, talking about our thoughts. We all, right now, you have a running dialogue going on in your head, right? Whether you admit it or not, there's always this voice in our head talking about us. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that, you know? Kevin's the smartest, most, you know, amazing man I've ever seen in my life. I mean, nobody's thinking that, that Cammy, why I married her. But all... That's not, that's not what she's thinking. Oh, uh, that's what she told me. That's why I married her. Now I'm bummed. But in our mind, 
All those thoughts have our voice, does it not? The same thought that tells us, you know, hey, you ought to go kick that porcupine. And you're like, no, that's dumb. You should try it anyway. You know what I mean? It's in your voice, right? And you're like, but even when I think God talks to us, we interpret that in our own voice. And we never know what, that, what voice is talking. But you know what? You can learn to recognize the Holy Spirit's leading and focus on those thoughts. To know that, man, that is not from God. And the way you learn to recognize the Holy Spirit talking to you is by reading God's Word. And the closer you come to Him, man, you can know when it's God talking to you and you can know when it's just that other distracting stuff. Because the distractions are everywhere. They're, they're in the things of this world. They're in our own fleshly desires. They're in our thoughts. And unfortunately, you know what else can be a distraction? Dumb people. They can. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm one of those, okay? I, I've been one of those. But people can be a distraction. And in Nehemiah chapter 6, is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Because I, I usually let people walk all over me, okay? I, I just, I guess from a young age, I was a people pleaser. I worry about what people think. And I know it's not right in a lot of situations. But that's why I love this uh, this passage so much is, and, and if, you, if you're not familiar with Nehemiah, uh, they were in captivity in Babylon, and Nehemiah asked the king or the president or whatever, you know, the supreme chancellor, I don't even know what he's called, okay? Whoever he was, Nehemiah asked for permission to go back to Jerusalem and build the wall, rebuild the wall. So because God was on Nehemiah's side, he, you know, leads the king to say, yeah, go ahead and go rebuild those walls. So Nehemiah goes and does it, but some people don't like it. So they start spreading rumors that Nehemiah is only doing this so he can rebel against Assyria. Or I think that's who it was, whoever it was, the enemy. So Nehemiah is building this wall, and these people keep trying to distract him from the purpose that God has called him to. And in Nehemiah chapter two or 6, verses 2 and 3, in the New Living Translation, it says this. So Sanballat and Geshem sent, and, and Nehemiah is writing this, okay? So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. <laughs> oh no! But I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working and come meet with you? Listen, you know what this tells me? You know what it tells you? You can say no. You can say no. Especially when it comes to... Nehemiah is doing the work that God has called him to. And it's so easy to let these other people distract you from that purpose. And if they can distract you, they will distract you. Nehemiah teaches us right here that when you're doing the work of God and somebody is intentionally trying to drag you away from that, it is okay to say no. And that's hard for me. That is so hard for me. But it's true. Learn to say no to distracting people. Learn to say no. You know, just because someone barks doesn't mean you have to let them in, right? What did Winston Churchill say? If you stop and throw, rock, throw rocks at every dog that barks, you'll never get where you're going. Man, just train yourself to just avoid those distractions because you can say no. There's biblical proof that you, <laughs> it, you're not being unloving by saying no. I'm not going to get distracted. I am going to continue on with my relationship. I'm going to continue with what God has called me to do, and you, and you, and you, and nobody's going to keep me from that. And in Galatians 1.10, from the Simplified Cowboy Version, talking about other people being a distraction, Paul says, 
If you think I ride for the brand so people will like me, <laughs> you got things all twisted up. God is the only one I aim to please. If I wanted people to like me, I wouldn't be riding for the Lord. I'd be selling cotton candy. It doesn't really say that, but that's what I picture in my mind. Paul's like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not saying this. I'm not living like this so that you will like me. I do this because I obey God. That's the only reason I'm doing it. He's not necessarily trying to throw it up in somebody's face. I don't care what you think. He's like, I care what God thinks. And everything else is a distraction. And I don't, I, I read this earlier this week, and I, I thought it was really cool. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm sure some, you know, expert on Facebook will be able to tell me whether I'm true or not. You know, what I'm saying is true. But there was this deal that supposedly Einstein, Albert Einstein, is teaching a class. And on the board, he writes, nine times one equals nine. Nine times two equals 18. Nine times three is 27. And he goes on down. Nine times eight is 72. Nine times nine is 81. And nine times 10 is 91. And all the students start laughing. Here's a genius that came up with a theory of relativity, right? And he don't even know what nine times 10 is. It's not 91. It's 90. And he says, why is everybody laughing? And they said, well, sir, you made a mistake. He goes, I did. He goes, yeah. Nine times 10 is not 91, it's 90. And Einstein says, my point was not to teach you math. It was to teach you that no matter what you did, no matter how many good things you do, because see, I got all nine of these correct. And nobody congratulated me or said anything about my successes. But as soon as I made a mistake, everybody mentioned. And isn't that life right there? That is life. Because there's a segment of the population talking about people being a distraction. There's a segment of the population that wants to see you fail. Now listen, it's not necessarily personal to you that they want to see you fail. They want to see you fail, not because they hate you, but because they know they don't have what it takes to accomplish. So what do they do? They try to tear you down. And it really doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with them because they know that they would never put that type of effort into anything. So it's a lot easier to criticize than to celebrate. Other people can be a distraction, whether it's they're trying to take you away from what you're doing intentionally. May, maybe they're just critics that are distracting you from doing what you know needs to be done. And finally, talking about other people, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 35, in the Simplified Cowboy Version, Paul says this, don't get me wrong, I'm trying to help, not make things harder. I want you to do what is right, and that is giving yourselves completely to riding for the brand without reservation or hesitation. See, I, I love that when Paul says, I'm not trying to make things harder. I'm trying to make things easier on you. And that's what God does. God's not trying to make your life harder. Actually, I think God is trying to make our lives somewhat easier. Because, you know, riding for the brand is not easy. But I think that he does things and he wants us to do things so that it's not quite so hard. What do I mean by this? How about this? You feel overwhelmed. You ever felt overwhelmed? Well, God isn't putting that distracting pressure on you. You're probably putting it on yourself because you're depending way too much on what you can accomplish instead of relaxing and letting God work through you, right? What, what, did, I, what did I write one time? It said something like, uh, God doesn't want you to do anything for him. And I, I really believe that. I don't think God wants you to do anything for him, but I, want you, I, but I think he wants you to do everything with him. There's a difference. See it? God doesn't want you to do something for him. He wants you to do it with him. And when you do it with him, the results are so much greater than, than depending on ourselves alone about 
oh, I don't know, is it, it had to have been at least five years ago. Um, I went, me and a buddy of mine went to uh, check on some cattle for a guy that was out of town. And so uh, we went down there to the yearlings and we unloaded right there at the windmill and got my horse out. I, I was on Buckhead. That's what Rome starts calling Butthead. Now it's Buckhead because she says you're not supposed to say butt. So I apologize for naming my horse Butthead. His new name is Buckhead. So anyway, I got on Buckhead and uh, <laughs> he's more like Buckethead. I got on Buckethead and uh, anyway, I got him out of the trailer and I look over like literally where this light is, is a yearling going, hey man, I could use some of the good stuff. Not feeling very good. Standing right here. Go ahead and doctor me. So I told him, hey, Cal, I can do that. So I got on my horse and pulled down my rope. And I was like, you just stand right there. And he said, okay. And I took one swing and that calf went, boo. That's where Buckethead went. Boo. And I'm like thinking, did I tighten my cinch? Not sure. But why waste this good opportunity? Here we go. I'm going to rope it. And I get up close. I get up real close. And right as I'm fixing to throw my loop, Buckethead decides he doesn't want to play anymore. He wants to jump and frolic. It is very distracting trying to rope a 600-pound yearling from the back of a horse that is trying to buck you off. And I had a couple of different choices that were going through my mind. What do I do next? And I'll tell you what I did next. You come back next week. At 9.30, I will finish this story. And next week, while we've talked today about what distractions can be, next week, we will talk about how to overcome those distractions. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, there are so many things in this world and beyond that try to distract us from having the faith and the trust that we need to have in you. Help us to grow our faith through the grace that you give and help us to grow closer to you and help us to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and help us to love the unlovable and be kind even when we ain't feeling nice. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.